جو بھی انسان اپنے زبان پر جو الفاظ بولتا ہے اس حساب سے اس کو گمان اور سوچ چلنا شروع جاتا ہے تو اس طرح کہنے سے کہ بس شیخ آپ ایک نگاہ کی بات ہے رائٹ تو بس اس طرح سوچ تو بن جائے گی ٹھیک ہے But no doubt, on the other side are all those poems that Hazrat Tan wrote in other places and Hazrat Bhim Akhtar Sahib wrote in and others have mentioned about Nigai Mu'min and Nigai Wali. So it is but uh, it doesn't mean that is not a replacement for Amal, for Taqwa, for Ikhlas. It may be like what Hazrat Tan Rata mentioned yesterday about Tawajjuh. It may light a spark, right? If you want to go on fire, why do you content yourself with a spark? Spark is just an ignition mechanism, right? So yes, there may be many different ways in deen a person can get a spark, but the point is you want the entire bonfire of taqwa and haya and ikhlas and akhlaq inside your self. Koi kya ta hai ki khub josh khurosh shorash umasti paida ho, khub nare lagaya kare, guna aap se aap chhut jayen. گناہ کی خواہش مٹ جاوے نیک کاموں کے ارادے ہی نہ کرنا پڑے آپ سے آپ ہو جایا کرے دل کی وسوسے اور خطرے سب مٹ جائیں بس ایک بے خبری کی کیفیت رہا کرے یہ خیال پہلے سب خیالوں سے اچھا سمجھا جاتا ہے لیکن سبب اس کا ناواقفیت ہے یہ سب باتیں کیفیات اور حالات کے لات اچانک So some people just want to know some amazing transformative experience that happened to me. Hilna, uchalna, uchalna, hilana, tarapna, tarpana, and bas koi hosh na humit. But this also is not, uh, and Hazrat Hanabi is not saying it to be jestful or mockful. He's saying it in a serious way that it's not going to work. And if your maqsad was what was mentioned above, to do amal on shir, to do true tawbah, these are the wrong means. He's saying an abhamdardi to people. He doesn't want them to be led astray or to be misguided, or to misunderstand. And, like I told you, data will suggest, data means experience will suggest, that sometimes you may experience something. You might experience some fluttering of your heart, you might experience some qurb with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but then you went right back to your old self. So again, these things are temporary. These things are gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these things are called Ahwalu Kifiyat and that's what Hazrat Hanut is going to mention. Yeh sab baatein kifiyat or halat, yani halat, ahwal, halat kalati hain. Or halat ka pehda hona almi ke ikhtiyar se bahir hai. What does that mean? Yeh kasbi hai bhi nahin. These are not alamat of your taqwa. This is not a sign that yes, I finally teach taqwa. It has nothing to do with your amal and your efforts. اور حالات اگرچہ بہت عمدہ چیز ہیں مگر مقصود نہیں نو ڈاٹ اف اے پرسن فیلز ان دیر ہارٹ دا ایکسٹسی آف دا لو فار اللہ سپانتا اور فنائیت استغراق دے فیل ڈیپ ریمبرنس آف اللہ تعالیٰ اور دے مے فیل حالت اف خوف دے مے فیل کیفیت اف فیئر آف اللہ سپانتا دیز آر گڈ تھنگس اینڈ اٹ از گڈ ٹو سم ٹائمز انٹر دا زون اور گیٹ آن اے اسپرچل ہائی اور ٹو ہیو اے اسپرچل مومنٹ اور ریپچر اور ایکسٹسی But it's not the maqsood, it means it's not the actual goal and objective. The actual goal and objective is taqwa and being able to stay away from sin. And how many are the Sufis who do experience ecstasies and raptures, but yet still stumble and fall into sin? So that means the work is incomplete and the asal goal and objective was not 
obtained. غور کرنے سے معلوم ہوا کہ اس قسم کی خواہشوں میں نفس کا چھپا ہوا مکر ہے Upon deep reflection and analysis, it becomes apparent that a person who wants to experience these states and ecstasies and raptures, it's actually a secret ploy of the nafs. Because like I told you, the nafs knows it can coexist with this. The nafs cannot coexist with taqwa. It's the only thing it's scared of. If taqwa comes in, it knows it has to go. Hal comes in, nafs knows I can stay. Kefiyat comes in, nafs knows I can stay. Or nare lagaye, or nafs kate lagaye, hazar bar lagaye, mujhe koi farak nahi padenga. Alright? So all of the above, the nafs knows. Now what does it mean? The nafs tries to divert a person to that deen, that the soul of which won't affect it. Like another example of this often in university youth is that the nafs tries to divert a person to activism and conferences and late night sessions over cafe on the problems of the ummah because the nafs knows hey, he can do this all night. I'll still make him misfajr. He can have a late night session on Fikr for the Ummah up till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. and I'll get him, I'll make him his Fajr. Because it's not going to affect the nafs in any way. Alright? So similarly, the nafs will try to steer a person towards an understanding or a practice of the sawuf which actually will not affect it or affect it less. Let's uh, say that will affect it less than if they really focus on amal, ibadat, nawafil, zikr, askar, lowering their gaze, etc., etc. So, this is what I'm saying. aram or maza or namuri chatai. In kefiyatum mein ye sab baatein hasil hai. So what does it mean that no matter all the ahwal, ahwal and kefiyat a person gets, the nafs still gets to relax and enjoy. Jo shaks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ki raza mandi ka talib hoga, jis ki mutalag aage bayan aata hai, ki darveshi, darveshi se maksud yehi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ki raza mandi hi hai, aise shaks ko in khayishon se kya talib? So actually if you are talib of the raza of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is different from being talib of your own ahwal and kifiyat. A simple way to understand is ahwal and kifiyat pertain to you and raza pertains to Allah ta'ala. So are you in tasawwuf for yourself or are you in it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you're in it for ahwal and kifiyat, means you're in it for yourself. And if you're in it for Allah ta'ala's raza, that means you're in it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وہ تو اپنی حالت ایسے رکھے گا جیسے گو یو کہہ رہا ہے تو فراق پرجن پوٹری جس کو اردو ترجمہ یعنی جس کو تم فراق سمجھتے ہو اور جس کو وسال سمجھتے ہو یہ دونوں برابر ہیں اصل چیز اس کی رضا مندی ہے اللہ سبحانہ وتعالی سے اللہ کے سوا دوسری چیز چاہنا افسوس کے قابل بات ہے So actually what happened was that sometimes Sufis who were very into these ahwal and kefiyat would talk about farq firaq and wasal wasal. So farq and firaq means feeling distant from Allah Ta'ala, bu'ad, be ba'id from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And wasal is the intahav, kurb. Right? This we explained once during grammar. Ittisal means union and wasal means ittisal minus one. So as much kurb as a person can get without obviously becoming one with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So they would always talk about this. They would be worried about farq and they would always want wasal. So what the poet is saying or you can say the arif is saying 
that look what you call jisko tum firaq samajhte ho or jisko tum wisal samajhte ho actually they're both equal to each other this is just your own tabir or your own perspective your own self made understanding asal cheez uski yani usme allah ta asal cheez allah subhanahu wa taala ki raza mandi hai actually all you need is for allah subhanahu to be pleased with you what does it mean so as an example if you spend a day like some other mashayikh would explain it this way that if you spend a day in which your whole 24 hours were absolutely according to sharia and sunnah but that means you got allah taala's raza now in that you may not have felt something called quote unquote wasl right so actually if you can you can we can twist this and we can explain it in the following way rather than tracking your own mythical concept of whether you have farq or wasl with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you should see do you have firaq and wisal of the path of his pleasure that's called the shara shara sharif shara mutahara and if you feel like wasl with sharia means you have the reserve of the subhanallah and if you have firaq with the sharia you're distant from it cut off from it violating it going against it then it means you don't have the reserve of the subhanallah because allah subhanahu has laid out uh the way of his love So actually, rather than trying to identify, am I near or far from my beloved Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, which you can't do, rather you can check this: Am I near or far from the path of love that my beloved has laid out for me? That's called Sirat al-Mustaqim. That's called the Quran, Sirah, and Sunnah. That you're able to do, and that's what other times I say. That's the ilm you need. That's the knowledge you need. You need to know the path of love. you need to know how to adhere to that path of love you need to know how to prevent yourself from straying from the path of love so it's all about the path in the sirat al-mustaqim sirat sabil tariq suluk it's all about the path if you are firmly adhering to the path you can be content that you have the raza of the beloved to whom the path will ultimately lead And last part was Allah Taala say Allah ki seva dusri cheez chana absurd ki kabil baat hai. So what does it mean? Uh, the notion is that wasl can sometimes not always means that some people also use the word wasl to mean this that they want Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and some people use wasl be mana raza. But if a person uses wasl just to mean wasl, so it means that basically what happens they become talib of the maqam as opposed to talib Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So they're waiting for wasl. When am I going to get wasl? On which sabak do I get wasl? They're just waiting for wasl, right? So then wasl becomes the goal objective, and wasl itself is a bit of an ephemeral concept, right? It doesn't have absolute hakikat. It doesn't have an absolute reality to it. So the absolute reality, zate hak bari taala, is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Himself. and for that we don't need to philosophically try to identify our wasl because allah ta'ala has already explained to us the path of his raza that's called hidayah that is called shri and another persian couplet which is the urdu translation yani kafiyatein aur halat agar jaate rahe to koi afsos ki baat nahi allah ta'ala ka taluq rehna chahiye jiske barabar koi cheez جس کے برابر کوئی چیز پاک نہیں اور رائٹ سو فرسٹ از ات از احوال ان کیفیات نارملی ول ٹین ٹو کم اینڈ گو اینڈ یو شڈ ناٹ ہیو اینی سورو اور سیڈنس وین دے گو 
as long as you keep your ta'luq with Allah subhanahu ta'ala. So what it means here is that the ta'luq kifiyat ahwal par mabni nahi hai. Ta'luq, ita'at, ibadat, zikr, akhlaq, in shari, sifat se mabni hai. Ta'luq ma'allah, nisbat ma'allah, ahwal or kifiyat kis upar mabni nahi hai. Nisbat ma'allah, ta'luq ma'allah, ahwal-e shari'i. Ahwal-e shari'i. Taqwa, sabr, shukr, ikhlas, vagera, usse mutalak hai. So as long as you have that, uh, that means you have ta'luq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a third Persian couplet, this could order translation is, yani e dil, abhi to khyal fasid hi, khyal-e fasid hi mein maghloob hai. اگر تو راحت اور مصیبت میں فرق سمجھے So the person who becomes talib of kifiyat and ahwal often slips into two problems or has two problems arise in them. Either he will get the ecstasies and raptures and spiritual states that he seeks or not. Agar hasil hongi, अपने को कामल समझने लगता है अपने को कामल समझने लगता है और उन इन्हीं कैफियत पर बस करके परहेजगारी और इबादत को बेकदरी जरूर समझने लगता है और अगर ओके सो फर्स्ट इज इफ ही गेट्स दीस अहवाल इन कैफियत सो ही थिंक्स ओके दिस इज व्हाट द सौफ वाज ऑल अबाउट टू हैव अचीव द अल्टीमेट एंड आई हैव अराइव्ड एट द डेस्टिनेशन I've arrived at the destination and he thinks of himself as gamma. Right? So if a person can have such states or induce such states through the Vajju, they will think they're gamma. And what happens, then they will content themselves with that. And then the other aspects of taqwa, ibadah, they will not view them as that necessary anymore. So basically they will be sidetracked. The second option is, agar hasil nahum, so then the person doesn't get the kefiyat and ahwal that they were trying to acquire. So gham mein marne gilne lagta hai. Or kuch isi ki khususiyat nahi, balki jo shaks bhi aisi baaton ki khayish karega, jo ikhtiyar se bahar hain, gham aur parishani mein mubtala hai. So basically the person will end up depressed. That, oh, you know, I'm trying, I tried to do muraqabah, I tried to do zikr, I don't feel anything, I'm not getting the ahwal and kifiyat that I read about, what's the point, I'm nothing, this path of the soul isn't for me, I'm a complete loser, there's no place for me. So they will become disheartened and lose hope. Whereas they were putting their efforts in the wrong direction. And then as Tamta says, because these ahwal and kifiyat are beikhtiyari, so it's not just about this, but any time a person tries to do something which is not in their ikhtiyar, which is not in their ability, they will end up in depression and sadness. Because they will be sad that they were unable, they are unsuccessful. They will, they will be, they will have to confront failure. Alright? 
So that's just a human, that's just an aspect of human nature. Koi kata hai ke peer sahab ke paas amal bade bade achche hai jab zirut hogi unse taweez gun taweez gunde le liya karenge. Ya peer sahab ki dua baat kubul hoti hai. Mukaddamo mein aur dunya ki zirutom mein unse dua kara liya karenge. Aur sab kaab humari marzi ki muafik ho jaya karenge. Goya sari khudai peer sahib ki kabzi mein hai. So what it means is some people, they think that the peer is so maqbool that either he will do some amliyat or taweez or du'as for them and they will become bad so that they can fulfill all of their worldly needs through seeking these amliyat and taweez and du'as from their shaykh. And then what happens is that's a kind of, a kind of inner shirk because actually they were supposed to turn to Allah SWT for help in these matters and rather they think that the, the type of help that Allah Ta'ala would give, which is divine help, they begin to start attributing that to their shaykh. کیونکہ ان عملوں کو بزرگی سے کوئی تعلق نہیں ہے اور یہ نیت بالکل دنیا ہی کا چانا ہے اس لئے غلطی ڈر غلطی So the second was that okay we'll learn some amliyat from the shaykh or learn or become so blessed ourselves that simply by passing our hand over someone we'll be able to cure the ill etc etc And in fact they think that the shaykh's ability to do such things is what established them as a shaykh in the first place but in reality, none of these things have anything to do with being a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the murid who gives bear to a shaykh for this reason, that means that their niyat, their intention is absolutely only for worldly purposes and objectives. And this is error upon error, means this is just a manifest error. <laughs> یا کوئی آواز سنائی دے گی یہ بھی بالکل غلط خیال اور ناسمجھی ہے کیونکہ اول تو یہ ضروری نہیں کہ ذکر و شکر کرنے سے روشنی معلوم ہو یا آواز سنائی دے اور نہ ذکر و شکر کرنے سے روشنی وغیرہ کے دکھلائی پڑھنا مقصود ہے some people they want that I should do zikr and do different exercises in my spiritual regimen due to which I'll be able to see some lights or hear some voices uh, but as the Tamita says, that no, this is another grave mistake because first of all, uh, this is not necessary that this would happen in while making zikr. And secondly, uh, this is not the purpose of zikr. You may remember those of you who took Islamic spiritual, then Imam Rabbani, Shaykh Ahmadzirji, Mujahid al the same thing. And he said that if you want to see lights, then you should go see a light show. So we used to teach you like that, that you go watch the laser light show on the lake that they show, because if this is what you want, then there are better ways to get it, right? If you want to get a vibration, get that uh, electric massager or that vibrating chair and put it on, and you will get the vibration. And then you will, you will never be mindless. You can always get it because you have to flip the switch. So this isn't the purpose of zikr, right? This isn't the purpose of zikr. Now, yes, it has happened that some awliyaullah would mention some things. 
Like Imam Ghazal, that he even had visitations of Malaika. Sometimes in the zikr, somebody says they saw Anbiya in their dream. Somebody might say they saw some color or whiteness or light. These were incidental things. Now they made mention of it, but they weren't making mention of it so that later generations would make it the objective or the maqsood. And in fact, if they realized that later generations would fall into that, they probably would have never made mention of such things in the first place. Another problem I will add is, if it goes back to something I said earlier, is if a person gets this, they also get sidetracked. The day they see a light or a whiteness when they make zikram rakaba is the day they get sidetracked. Because now they think that, oh, this is the sign that I did rakaba correctly. Well, nobody ever told you that. You didn't give bad so the sheikh can teach me zikr so I can see white color. You give bad and can the sheikh teach me some zikr so I can finish my ghaflat and my love for dunya and in my heart I can remember Allah Ta'ala and love Allah Ta'ala. So you're looking for love and remembrance. You find light. You shouldn't be happy. What, what is it? You're looking for love and remembrance. And what you found was that you saw light. So that's irrelevant. But what happens is a person gets so happy over the hal and kefiyah that they think they've accomplished something. And next time they sit, and every time thereafter for some people they sit, it's just about the light. And if they don't see the light again, then they get sad. They don't feel the throbbing again. They don't feel the vibrating again. They get sad. Right? So Imam Adabarantai also used to write this repeatedly over and over again. That don't be Abdul Lutf, don't be Talib Kifiyat, whatever lights you see, vibrations you feel, Tahalruk, all of that is irrelevant. We explained this once too, I remember now way back in the Majlis at one point. One is Tahalruk, that you get Harakah, right? You get a vibration. That can happen, that's one tafsir of that. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is Tadakkur, number one, is that your heart focuses so much on the repetition of Allah Ta'ala's name that you lose all awareness other than the repetition of that name. So you lose yourself in the act of zikr. Then the next thing is tabattuk, that actually the zikr itself leads you to the remembrance of the being named by that name. So you move from tazakr to tabattuk, and that's what Allah SWT said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ لَمْبِكَ Imagine if this is the real thing. So if a person has tabattul and they happen to see a white light, what do you think? They're in tabattul. They're remembering Allah Ta'ala. They've gone even past zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. They've even gone past the zakur of ismazat and actually remembering Allah Ta'ala. So if the name, they've even lost the focus of Allah Allah. So what is a light then going to attract their attention? Hmm? If they're so lost in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala Himself, that they no longer even have shu'ur of the zikr of ism azam Allah, Allah coming from their kalb. So then how in the world would they ever have shu'ur about seeing a light or feeling a vibration? Because seeing a light and feeling a vibration is much, much lesser than the tazakkur, than the zikr of Allah Taala's name. That's why some people say that this maqam ihsan and salah, you see for ordinary people, it's a big enough thing for us that we can try to be aware of the meanings of what's being said. But then the meaning can transport a person to the feeling. And sometimes when you enter the feeling, you lose, not entirely, not entirely, but how to put this, the feeling becomes in the foreground and the meaning of the, or the particular wording is going in the background. 
right? So if there's some verse being recited in the Quran about fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you're able to feel the feeling of fear, no doubt the wordings and the meanings brought you to that feeling. But once you feel the feeling, the feeling transcends that particular verse. That verse may have been talking about the fire of Jahannam, but you're feeling absolute pure fear for Allah ta'ala. You're feeling fear of Jahannam, and you're feeling fear of standing in front of the Day of Judgment, and you're feeling fear of his sins. You use that verse which had one layer of meaning to go straight to the feeling. And now you're no longer bound by the words, right? Now if during that time you happen to see a light, so what would be the benefit of the light? Because you've got the feeling that was the purpose. So the same thing is when a person does zikr, the purpose is to get the feeling of zikr. Feeling of zikr means simply that remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Adme ghaflat, that you, you got it. You actually felt so focused. So that's what the Prophet said about salah. That's a feeling. I guess we may use the words it means, but if you're standing in front of Allah Subhanahu you will be speechless actually. That would be one feeling that I can't recite anymore Quran. I'm floored. I'm, I'm seeing Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Right? So the person will keep reciting and they will still be aware of the wordings and they will still be aware of the meanings. But now there's a third layer. There's a third layer which is their feeling. So all of these things, these different ahwal and kafiyat, one of them which was mentioned here was uh, to see a light or to hear a voice or a sound, that is completely mundane and worldly uh, and absolutely rare, maksud, irrelevant and not the purpose and objective. دوسرے ذکر و شکل کرنے سے جو روشنی نظر آوے یا جو رنگ دکھائی دے یا جو آواز سنائی دے بعض دفعہ یہ ذکر و شکل کرنے والے کی دماغ کا فیل ہوتا ہے غیب کی کوئی چیز نہیں ہوتی سو دا سیکنڈ تھنگ از ایکچولی سم ٹائمز اف یو ایکسپیرینس سچ اے تھنگ اٹس جسٹ اے مینٹل تھنگ اٹس ناٹ اے اسپرچل تھنگ ایٹ آل اٹس اے پیورلی مینٹل تھنگ اٹ ناٹ اٹ ایکچولی ازنٹ ایون احال ان کیفیت of your zikr, right? I remember once somebody wrote me that, oh, you know, I can't do maraqaba alone in the room because I always hear voices. Allah alam, I didn't know what to do, right? But it wasn't that which that was in, in the person's mind. That's just something in their mind. It's not really, has nothing to do with their zikr at all. Sometimes you might just see a white light, like even many times people, people go to eye doctors and say, oh, I see white flashes of light. It's whatever that is, دماغ کا فیل ہے It's just an act of the brain It's not an act of your ruh غیب کی کوئی چیز نہیں ہوتی It has nothing to do with any It's not from the realm of the The spiritual realm of the unseen تیسرے اگر مان بھی لیا جاوے کہ غیب کی کوئی چیز دکھلائی پڑی یا غیب کی آواز سنائی پڑی تو اس سے کیا فائد ہوگا غیب کی آواز معلوم ہو جانے سے اللہ تصدیقی حاصل نہیں ہو جاتا اللہ تعالیٰ کی نزدیکی میں چھٹ تو اس کی عبادت اور فمداری سے حاصل ہوتی ہے ایون اف یو سی Huh? What would make you happy? Huh? 
your future who are calling your name. Huh? That could be a voice that you claim you heard. Well, I don't know what voice you could hear. Right? But let's say you even heard that. So what difference would it make? Let's say you, say you saw a light, which was a light, which was a ray from Jannah. But so what? Right? It, didn't, it won't get you anywhere. It just, it's just like dreams. It's just like dreams what we mentioned to that day. The dreams have no bearing on your relationship with Allah Ta'ala and will not enter your book of deeds. Alright? And the quorum of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is through ibadat and ita'at, through worship and obedience. Baz dafa shaitanon ko farishti dikhai dete hain. Magar bu shaitan ke shaitan hi rete hain. Means they are some evil people. I mean that's what he means, sinners basically. That there will be some sinful people who do see angels in a wakeful state or in a dreamlike state or in a zikr state, Allah alam. But they remain, they're evil sinful selves. اور یہ بات ظاہر ہے کہ مرنے کے بعد کافروں کو غیب کی بہت سی باتیں معلوم ہو جائیں گے یہ بات ظاہر ہے کہ مرنے کے بعد کافروں کو غیب کی بہت سی باتیں معلوم ہو جائیں گی تو جو بات کافر کو بھی حاصل ہو جائے اگر وہ بات معلوم ہو گئی تو کیا کمال ہوگا what means that when a person passes away from this world in their cover, when they enter Alam and Barzakh, so there are a lot of things that are then manifest to them. They will see the lights of the fire of Jahannam if they were a very impious unbeliever or their grave opens up into the fire of Jahannam. There's a whole world of things that a person may come to know after they pass away. So his point is that even a non-believer get that after they die. So there's no real worth and value in knowing those things even in this life. Even while a believer is still alive. When this is liye in sab khayalon ko dil se nikal kar asli gharz aur maqsood darweshi se allah taala ki raza mandi samjhe jiska tareeqa ye hai ke allah subhanahu wa taala ke sab hukmon ko baja lave aur zikr pabandi se kare alright so when we realize from all this entire discussion that all of the things that were mentioned above are all incidental not to be sought out not the asal uh, a person should cast all of them aside entirely and establish for themselves the true goal and objective, which is the resolve of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way to get that resolve of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to bring to life and completely obey every single hukam and commandment of His, or zikr ki pabandi sikare, and to be regular in their zikr. So it's important because one should not think from all of this, okay, then there's no need to do zikr. No, there's no need to do zikr for the sake of kefiyat and awal. But zikr does play a role in getting the raza of Allah SWT. So there were two things, ita'at and zikr. Ita'at and zikr. Alright, Allah Ta'ala ki sab hukmoku baja lave or zikr pa bandi zikr. Pir yehi patlata hai, or murid isi par amal karta hai. Actually, the real purpose of a shaykh is to help people obey Allah Taala and train people to do zikr regularly. This is what the shaykh is supposed to tell and this is what the marid is supposed to practice. If there is no knowledge of 
اور نہ کوئی کمال اس کے خیال میں حاصل ہو تب بھی آخرت میں ذکر اور اللہ تعالیٰ کے حکموں کے بجا لانے کا فائدہ کہ وہ اللہ تعالیٰ کی رضا مندی ہے تو ایون ایف دے ڈونٹ ایکسپیرینس اینی پرٹیکولر اسپرچل ریالٹی اور اسپرچل سنسیشن اور اسپرچل اسٹیٹ تھرو آئی دا اوبیڈینس اور دا ذکر اینڈ دے ڈونٹ گیٹ اینی ونڈرس تھاٹ آئی It doesn't matter. By doing the zikr of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, obeying Allah subhanahu ta'ala, the benefit they get is the raza of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. So the benefit wasn't the kifiyat or the inspirational thought, but the benefit was the raza of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Or Allah ta'ala ki raza mandi se jannat mein daakhil hoga, and by getting the raza of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, they will get an ukhrabi, a benefit in akhirah, that they will be admitted into Jannah. Allah Ta'ala ka didar naseeb hoga and they will get what they call the, glorif- uh, the glorious uh, vision of the beauty of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala dozak se bachega and they will be able to be saved from the fire of Jannah. So one can also add over here whatever ahwal and kefiyat a person may get through zikr would never be equal to the spiritual ahwal and kefiyat a person will experience in Jannah. So if you really still stubbornly insist that you want ahwal and kefiyat, so you should want ahwal and kefiyat that the people in Jannah get. So this, when they get didar, ru'i bari ta'ala, there will be a hal and a kef to that. Allah Ta'ala knows best what that is. But there will be a hal and a kef that takes place during that vision, glorious vision of Allah Ta'ala's beauty. So that can only happen when you enter Jannah. There will be all, there will be a delight in knowing that Allah Ta'ala is happy and pleased with us. There will be a delight and pleasure in being the mahboob of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So even in terms of, because you know people often focus on the physical pleasures of Jannah, even in terms of spiritual pleasures, raptures, ecstasy, ecstasies, the absolute spiritual pleasures, raptures and ecstasies are in Jannah. So all our job is just to get in Jannah, that's it. So the way to get into Jannah is the worship and obedience and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the greatest barakah isn't that you will get barakah that oh your worldly problems will go away. The greatest blessing is that Jahannam become haram on a person. That your akhirat problems go away. That your akhirat worries go away. Having a worry-free worldly life is in fact impossible anyway. You can never have a worry-free dunyavi life. But you could have a worry-free akhirah, which means a jahannam-free akhirah. So even if a person is doing it for worry to become worry-free, better to focus on being worry-free in the akhirah. Be'at or peering muridi ki haqiqat. Or haqiqat peering muridi ki yehi hai, ke peer wada karta hai zikr or Allah ta'ala ke hukmu ke batlane ka اور مرید اقرار کرتا ہے کہ پیر جو بتلاوے گا اس پر عمل ضرور کرے گا اور اگرچہ پیر کی طرف سے یہ تعلیم اور مرید کی طرف سے پیر کے بتلائے ہوئے پر عمل بدوں اس خاص طریقے کے بھی ہو سکتا ہے کہ جس طریقے سے مرید ہونے کا دستور ہے لیکن اس خاص طریقے سے مرید ہونے میں یہ خاصیت ہے کہ پیر کی توجہ مرید پر زیادہ ہو جاتی ہے اور مرید کو پیر کا کہنا ماننے کا زیادہ خیال ہو جاتا ہے اوکے 
So the reality of this relationship between a sheikh and murid is this, that the sheikh makes a commitment to teach and explain zikr and trying to inspire and motivate to follow the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the murid attests and uh, makes a firm intention that whatever zikr the shaykh instructs me in, I will definitely practice that. And the way and tips and techniques and strategies he guides me to make myself more practicing of a Muslim, I will try to implement those tips and techniques in order to improve my practice on Shri. And even though this instruction could take place between the shaykh and the individual, without that formal that look of bear and that particular method of becoming a murid. However, as the Talmud writes, "Alekin is khas tarikese murid hone mein ye khasiyat hai ke peer ki tawajjub murid par zyada ho jati hai." But by adopting this, adopting or entering and into this formal relationship through this particular method, which is called piri muridi or becoming formally bear to a sheikh. The benefit is that the shaykh will give more tawajjo, and here this is just being used in a lexical sense, linguistic, lingual sense, logimana, that tawajjo means that now he will be more focused and give more attention to that. And the individual, once they formally become a murid, will take what the shaykh says more seriously. So many times you may remember we gave the example of an auditor and a registered student. Now an auditor can also, technically speaking, listen to the lectures, and the professor will deliver the lectures. But when a student is formally registered, so the professor tracks him a bit more, puts more focus on him compared to an auditor. And the student, by formally registering, also normally does more ihtimam or iltizam, is more careful and conscientious about doing what the professor says. Then if you take that to a further level, that I'm not just a registered student in the class, but now I've made that professor my supervisor or my advisor, or my thesis supervisor, then it goes further up, then if you take it the next step, that he's my PhD supervisor, so then it goes further up, right? So basically these are formalized relationships, and the more you formalize it, the more there's a commitment, and the more you become committed to it, so the purpose of being committed is so that the learning takes place deeper and more, right? If a professor who you're an auditor says tells you to do something, you don't do it, your PhD supervisor, I mean, <laughs> you don't always do that either, but when your PhD supervisor tells you to do something, you're supposed to do it, and you would be more, <laughs> so <laughs> your PhD supervisor tells you to do something, <laughs> you're supposed to do it, and you would feel he's my PhD supervisor, he's telling me to do it, so I better do it. Alright? Take it. So I'm up, Misal is Dunya thing. So this is also a very good. Uh, because I have also, I had before also, but in the past four or six months in particular, I've also found that Hazrat Hamad has actually said a lot of things that some people don't accept that he says. So some people suggest that Hazrat Hamad he said that in another meaning. It didn't mean that he was against the formal peer murid relationship. In fact, he's explaining here very clearly and explicitly and irrefutably. And like I told you, this is one of his later works, uh, that the formal uh, relationship has a particular benefit. But 
because he will continue. Uh, there's just a few more lines and then we'll be done, inshallah. اور یہ جو کہا جاتا ہے کہ ایک ہی پیر کرے اور اپنے پیر کو اس زمانے کے سب بزرگوں سے اچھا سمجھے اس کی مسلحت فقط یہی ہے کہ اس صورت میں دونوں طرف سے تعلق بڑھ جاتا ہے رہا ہاتھ میں ہاتھ لینا یا کوئی کپڑا وغیرہ عورت کو پکڑا دینا جبکہ وہ پاس ہو یہ بزرگوں کی ایک نیک رسم ہے اس اقرار کے مضبوطی کے واسطے جو کہ پیر اور مرید میں ہوتا ہے باقی یہ اقرار دونوں طرف سے بدون اس کے بھی ہو سکتا ہے اس وجہ سے جو شخص دور سے مرید ہونا چاہے اس کو بدون ہاتھ پر ہاتھ رکھے مرید کر لیتے ہیں اور حدیثوں سے بھی معلوم ہوتا ہے کہ ہاتھ میں ہاتھ دینے کا طریقہ اچھا ہے چنانچہ حدیث سے ثابت ہے کہ حضرت اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم حضرت رسول مقبول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم جب بیت فرماتے تھے تو مریدوں کا ہاتھ اپنے دست مبارک صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم سے پکڑ کر بیت فرماتے تھے اور کپڑے وغیرہ کو پکڑا کپڑے وغیرہ کو پکڑا دینا یہ بجائے ہاتھ پکڑنے کے ہیں تو So just for our online English audience, just to very quickly translate this into English. Uh, but there was one thing I wanted to explain here, which was the first sentence, because the rest is all. So what he first said was that, first of all, that you take one single shaykh, and second, to think, to think that your shaykh is the best from all the Mashaikh in the time, the only and only purpose of that was to cement the relationship further. All right. Now here, this is actually something as a thought that I'm sure many of his other works would have commented on and explained. This needs more explanation than all of the rest of the stuff about the hand and the cup. All right. Taking one shake, so that's understood. Right. They say, no, that one Because especially when you're talking about being taught zikr. The other part of being taught the ahkam of sharia, no doubt the shaykh will do that in bian. But muftian ikram, ulama ikram, you can listen to bian of ulama, and you actually should and must listen to bians of ulama and muftis, especially for that first part, to understand what the ahkam of sharia are. You can't expect the shaykh to teach you the entire sharia, right? But when it comes to zikr, and when it comes to your own personal islah, it's easier over time to develop that one-to-one relationship. All right? The second thing which he wrote is to view your shaykh as better. I mean, that is how you translate this, that apne peer ko us ke sab se acha samjhe. So actually, it should not be taken in an absolute way because there's some dangers in this also. Right? If you view your shaykh to be the best shaykh in the whole world, uh, there can be some problems in that. Right? Problem number one is you may start to look down on other mashayikh or other salsalas and a person can be guilty of that. This is called hulu. This is, then you end up in partisanship, right? Uh, what it rather means is that this is the best shaykh for me. Actually, I can, and unfortunately he won't hear this, but 
I actually, I would say that about my PhD supervisor. He's the best supervisor for me, right? I don't think he's the best scholar of Islamic law in the world, but uh, for me, right, he would be the best supervisor because there's a certain working relationship, there's a certain affinity, there's a certain compatibility. The job will get done with him. That's what it means. I know the job can get done with him. So the purpose, the mission, mission will be accomplished to this person. It doesn't mean that he has to be viewed as the best person in the whole world, right? So rather it should be phrased this way, and I'm sure as it would and has phrased in early works of it this way, that a person should view not in an absolute way that their sheikh is the absolute best sheikh, better than all the other mashaikh of the zamana, no, relative and specific and particular to themselves, that my mission will be accomplished through my sheikh. My mission of tazkiyah will be best accomplished through my sheikh, not that my sheikh has to be the best sheikh in the whole world. Right? Another problem of that, that can lead to competition, that can lead to rivalry, that can lead to ujum, that can lead to arrogance. There's many, many problems that could arise if we took this in an absolute way. But in a relative way, it would have the benefit that Hazrat is mentioning, that it further cements the path. I'll give you another example, not to keep giving examples from academia, but basically once you get accepted at a university, I mean, you just have to think, now, okay, this is the best way for me to get a degree in economics is however my university's department has decided to design the economics major. And if you sit around and start surfing websites and thinking, oh, you know, maybe LSE or maybe FAST or maybe LUMS or maybe IBA or maybe Harvard or maybe Princeton, their economic syllabuses are better, you won't learn them. You will be distracted. You will be diverted from attaining your maksad. All right? The last part, which all of you who understand Urdu understood in this, I can do very quickly, is that as Atanrata also mentions that formal method of with the men taking their hand in hand, so to take somebody's bear by taking their hand in your hand, this was a way that uh, the Prophet also took bear, but the different type of bear, Baitul Imam from women, and the Mashaikh also took bear by extending a cloth, and the woman would hold one end of the cloth, and the Shaykh would be holding the head of the cloth. This is a Naik Rasam, which is saying this is a good uh, practice of the Mashaikh. And this gives a feeling, and gives the feeling of that bond becoming more firmly established. However, uh, it's not required. It's not essential. And this bond between student and teacher can be established without uh, these methods being used. All right? But then again, he says that it is mentioned in Hadith that uh, Sayyidina Rasulullah used to make use of these methods. Uh, and the last line, or kapre ko dena ye bijaye haat pakarne ke hai. So as far as women goes, but also um, they also used to do this, that if they heard from people in South Africa, that if there were many people who wanted to get bare together, that he would spread a cloth, and they would all grab onto the cloth, and he would hold one end of the cloth, and that was considered kaim makaim or nebul badal of him taking each of their hand in his hand. So this finishes the fifth ayah. And inshallah ta'ala, 
from tomorrow, tomorrow we begin the sixth hidayah. Make makwa for a few moments, close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from the world. Make niyat that you want your kalm to make zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you want your kalm to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the means of making zikr of Allah ta'ala's most blessed name, Tabarakasmudambik. Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb, and the name of our Rabb is Allah. Make niyat that the heart of your ruh, our kalb, is making zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name, that our kalb is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah. موسیقی ہمارے اس زمانے کے مطابق ہمارے اپنے نجی حالات کے مطابق وہ کامل مکمل تقوی حاصل کرنے کی محنت ہم سے قبول فرما اس محنت کی طرف رہنمائی عطا فرما اس محنت پر رب کریم استقامت نصیب فرما اس محنت پر قبولیت عطا فرما رب کریم رمضان کا مینہ ہے آپ نے امید دنائی لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ رب کریم رمضان و مبارک کے مینے کے اندر ہی ہمیں اپنے مبتقین مؤمنین میں سے بنا صالحین مؤمنین میں سے بنا یا نرب کریم اگر آج سے پہلے ہم میں سے کسی میں کوئی غلط فہمی میں تھا کسی نے غلط نظریہ اپنایا یا نرب کریم ہم آج سچی پکی توبہ کرتے ہیں آئندہ یا نرب کریم راہ سنت پر چند نصیب فرما راہ شریعت پر چند نصیب فرما ہمارے اقابل مشاہد حق اور یا کاملین کی طریقت تصور سلوک تسکیہ کی صحیح سمجھ ہمیں بھی عطا فرما اس پر عمل بھی نصیب فرما اس عمل کے ذریعے سے یا رب اپنی رضا عطا فرما ہمیں بھی مخلصین اللہ الدین مؤمنین میں سے بنا ہمیں ہر وقت آپ کی رضا اور آپ ہی کی رضا درکار ہو آپ کی رضا مطلوب ہو آپ کی رضا ہی ہمارا مقصود ہو یہ نبی کریم اس کے اندر ہمیں خلوص عطا فرما اخلاص عطا فرما ہمیں خالص بنا اور اس اخلاص کی برکت نسبت سے اپنی رضا عطا فرما اپنی رضا عنایت فرما اپنی رضا کے اعلان فرما اپنی رضا کے فیصل فرما 
علم کریم جن کاموں سے جن سوچ سے جن خیالات سے ہمارے کوئی عادت صفت سے جس سے ہم آپ کی رضا سے خارج ہو جاتے ہیں نکل جاتے ہیں یا آپ کی رضا سے دور ہو جاتے ہیں یا آپ کی رضا سے ایک حرف ایک حرکت بھی مائل ہو جاتے ہیں یہ بکری ان تمام صفات کو مرندوں کو بدل دیجئے ان عادات کو بدل دیجئے اپنی رضا والی صفات عطا فرما آپ کی رضا کے مطابق عادات عطا فرما ان بکریم دین قرآن کریم پیارے نبی کریم صلی اللہ وسلم کی سنت حدیث سیرت ان سب چیزوں کی پڑھنا نصیب فرما پڑھنے کے بعد ان کی سمجھ عطا فرما پڑھنے سمجھنے کے بعد بن موقع ان کو یاد کرنا نصیب فرما اور یہ نبی کریم ہمارے پوری زندگی کا دستور عمل بنا رب بنا تکمل منا ان کا انت سنی و علیم و تم بولینا ان کا انت تواب الرحیم و صلی اللہ تعالی علی حبیبہ سیدنا محمد اجمعین برحمت کا یار ہمارا